Get ready for NASCAR's version of three wise men. Two wise men. Maybe just one wise man, and that's uh, Tom Jensen. This is the Popular Speed Podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Uh, I'm Mike Kalanoff, along with Tom Jensen and Jason Schultz for uh, the final week leading up to the NASCAR uh, championship at Homestead. And we've got a lot to talk about, and we're going to kick it all off with my friend Tom Jensen. How are you, Tom? I'm doing great, Mike. We had a crazy good race in Phoenix. Brad Keselowski was in. Then he was out. Then he was in. Then he was out. Then he was in. Then he was out. And finally, we only, we only got 20 minutes. Go ahead. <laughs> finally, he was in. Uh, we saw Chase Elliott put Denny Hamlin into the wall in a move that might have been retaliation or might have been good hard racing. And we saw the great Matt Kenseth score an emotional victory. He was crying. Matt, the calmest, coolest, most collected guy, was wearing sunglasses because he was crying after he won that race in Phoenix. And I got to ask you guys, first off, what was what happened between Hamlin and Chase Elliott? Hard racing, retaliation, or both? Well, Jason? I'd say it's a little hard racing. I don't think he had the intention. Well, he had the intention of roughing him up, pushing him up the track a little bit, but I don't think he had the intention of taking him out, having his cutting his tire, and end up Hamlin end up in the wall. But it was a good, um, interesting how that unfolded because they were racing around each other for most of the day. Then all of a sudden they get into it a little bit, and then Hamlin's out, and all of a sudden the whole fourth championship spot changes hands. Yeah, you know, I don't think it was. Uh... It was completely uh, intentional. I don't think it was completely hard racing either. I mean, uh, Denny kind of really showed his hand in, in Martinsville and uh, about hard racing and uh, going for the win. I think uh, I think Chase did the same thing. And I think the Martinsville deal just kind of gave him license to go ahead and do that, to be honest with you. I I think it did, too. And the other thing is you you got to remember, you know, Chase got passed at the end with 10 laps to go by Kenseth. And you know what? He raced. Denny Hamlin, exactly the way Denny had raced him, and he yeah. raced Matt Kenseth exactly the way Kenseth had always raced him, which is clean. You know, Chase raced Denny or, or raced Kenseth hard, but he let him go. I mean, not yeah. let him go, let him go. But when, when he was clear, he didn't put the bumper to him. He didn't rough him up. He knew he had a faster car, and he had respect for Kenseth because of how he raced him in the past. And he let him go. And I thought that was very telling. And I thought the comments after the race were, were telling. Although Denny, you know, it's funny. He went on Twitter and said, told a, a very touching story about how his daughter was very happy on the airplane flying home. And that cheered up his good mood. And then he tweeted today that, you know, first the media says it's my fault that I wrecked Chase at Martinsville. Then the media says it's my fault that I raced Chase too hard. And got wrecked at Phoenix. Stupid media. Well, take up for what's word. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm sure it's a heartbreak for him. Uh, to, but I don't know. I guess he kind of put himself in the position to uh, to get a, a dose of his own medicine. Really. I mean, he, again, what he did in, in Martinsville. I don't think he went to wreck Chase in Martinsville. I, I really, I don't, I don't believe that he did that. But he, he raced hard, and he, he saw the he saw the you know the the big prize 
and he was going for it. And Chase did the same thing, really. He saw the big prize. Look, you got to think about this, too. Uh, Chase Elliott gets denied in uh, in Dover, right? And he gets denied in Martinsville. Now he got, he got denied this weekend too. So, uh, uh, you know, as far as the you know past history there, I think that uh, you know the guy the guy wanted to win the race, you know. Um, so he did what he had to do. Yep, Jason, your thoughts? Yeah, it's just um, overall made for a really entertaining storyline in the playoffs to see those two go at it. And, Last year, we didn't really have that. In 2015, we had Kenza Flagano go at it. But it made it interesting, especially for... You saw the fan reaction to Chase Elliott's moves. And Denny Ham- when Denny Hamlin um, crashed, you could hear him cheering on the TV again. It's just made for a really compelling story to follow through the playoffs, especially this last round. That really was probably the most intense round of the playoffs I in the current format that I've ever seen. It's That round is always intense. Mm-hmm. Remember Texas a couple oh, years yeah, yeah. ago, we had... Jeff Gordon and, and uh, Brad K fighting. Yeah. Okay. Next, next topic. This is Homestead. The, the Ford EcoBoost 400 will be the last race for two of NASCAR's most prominent drivers over the last 15 or 20 years, Dale Earnhardt Jr. and Matt Kenseth. Mike, I know you and Matt, you were Matt's spotter for a number of years, and you guys are really close. What are your thoughts on Matt's career? Well, I mean, God, we we only have twenty minutes here. I don't know where to start. Um, you know, I was I was with him for a good portion of his career, um, start, starting at the beginning of two thousand. Not going to go year by year, don't worry. Uh, but you know, he's had a great career. I mean, I, I really believe he's had a, he's had a really really great career. And I know we didn't want to see it come to an end, um, but you know, the the win on Sunday, I think. I don't know. I, th- I think it was a little bit of closure for him. I think I, he he definitely, you know, he wanted to win this year, obviously, uh, be- before I went out. And it was really more important, I think, to or better to win uh, in Phoenix and Homestead, you know, than win the last race. Really, nobody's going to remember that. But uh, look, the guy's had a great career. He's uh, he- he's a great race car driver. Um, I always tell him this. You know, I-, I always said he's not. I don't think he's the best race car driver, and he'll be the first one to tell you that. But he is the smartest. I can tell you he. He's he knows what's going on. Um, he knows how the race is going to unfold. He knows who's done what, and uh, he's just just really really smart. He knows how to you know uh, safe tires, safe fuel. He's uh, he's pretty well rounded and, and a hell of a guy, I might add. But uh, no, it, he's had a, he's had a really really good career. The thing most people don't know about Matt is he is the funniest guy you will ever meet. You know, he sprayed champagne on Joe Gibbs and Vicky. <laughs> Yeah. Somebody was horrified and said, oh, my God, you sprayed coach. And he turned around and said, what's he going to do? Fire me? Well, exactly. Right. <laughs> yeah. It's a uh, yeah, coach doesn't like that. He's not he's not big on that champagne and, and everybody knows it. But, you know, Matt, Matt saw an opportunity and he, he is a funny guy. He is. Uh, he's definitely a funny guy. And, and let me tell you, you don't get 39 cup wins in your career without being a wheel man. He yeah. got up on the wheel. And he was not somebody who sought out the publicity. You know, he's not one of these guys like Hamlin or Keselowski who likes to be sort of uh, a spokesman for the drivers or, or somebody right. who's very, very much out there. But he always let his driving speak for himself. And, you know, 39 wins, 181 top fives, 326 top tens. That's an impressive record for that. And a great spotter. Yeah. <laughs> the best. <laughs> The best. 
Yeah. No, uh, it's funny you, you say he doesn't like the limelight, which it's and it's really kind of true. Somebody asked me the other day, you think Matt's going to do TV? I'm <laughs> like, he, he's not even going to watch TV, <laughs> let, let alone be on it, you know. But uh, he's he, he's a racer. I mean, he's he's just a, a hardcore uh, racer from uh, middle America. And all he wants to do is, is race. If he could give up, you know, not have to do all the other stuff, uh, he'd not do the other stuff. He'd just show up and race. But, yeah, yep. but, but a great career for sure. And the flip side of that is Dale Earnhardt Jr., 630 starts, 26 wins, 149 top fives, 260 top tens. But the number that will always stand out for me with, with Jr. is 14. And that's the number of times he was a NASCAR uh, National Motorsports Press Association most popular driver 14 times in a row, which is pretty amazing. And, you know, Junior's come through a lot of trauma with multiple concussions, and he was really, really, really sick last year. Yeah. And this year, although his track record hasn't been what he had hoped, he's been remarkable in his pre-race interviews and his, his own post-race podcasts, and he's been really transparent and open. And I think he's been a real inspiration to a lot of other drivers about how you don't have to just stand up there and rattle off 10 names of your sponsors and thank the guys, the boys back in the shop for building great cars. He really tells it like it is. And I think that's made him that authenticity has made him even popular, even more popular, if that was possible with the junior nation crowd. You know, something I noticed over the, the past couple of years, uh, maybe the last two or three years, years, his personality has really has really come out. And uh, that was became evident at the beginning in, uh, when he started doing those uh, those nationwide uh, commercials. And uh, you, you kind of yeah, saw some of his acting skills and and his personality kind of kind of shined his you know, his sense of humor. But, you know, you listen to him now. He's um, he, he's obviously he's a very bright guy and he, he's really um, he's very humble for who he is and what he's had to live up to. He's a really, really super humble guy. And it's, uh, you know, again, this, this is uh, the, the tides are turning here. The uh, I hate to say it out with the old and in with the new, uh, but he's he seems totally at peace with it. And obviously he's still going to be involved in the sport. But, uh, yeah, he's um, he, he's he's had a hell of a career, too. And I don't know how you win 14 straight most popular driver awards. I guess be popular. I guess that's probably the key. <laughs> yeah, qualify on the pole, get the good pit stall, um, keep track position all day long, make smart strategy decisions. Yeah. Yeah. You know what my, one of my favorite moments really for Junior is the last few years is when he won at Martinsville. That had to be like, oh, like yeah. the best, the best post-race, honest, humble, excited uh, victory land I've ever seen. It really was. I mean, he's jumping up and down with the guys and he wanted that clock so bad. And you figure a guy like that, he's got, you know, he's got so many trophies and so many mementos and uh, you know, storied history, but he wanted that clock. I mean, he wanted it bad and, and getting it was, uh, it was just great. That was just a great celebration. Yep. I, I remember also when he won at Bristol in the old DEI number eight, he came in and came into the press box and, and did his interview and he was talking about it uh, almost like, you know, almost like an out-of-body experience, talking about how his father had taught him at Bristol, okay, you, you take your foot off the gas when you hit the start-finish line and you coast into the corners, and then you get on the gas halfway through through the corner, and then you let off on the backstretch. And, and he was talking about 
you know, the spiritual meaning Bristol had to him. And, and I mean, it was incredibly elegant, eloquent. Yeah. And, and it, it, it was fun to listen to. So I wish them both the best. I, I think Dale will do a great job in the NBC booth. Oh, for next. sure. And I think Matt Kenseth will do a great job of having five or six more kids. Or, oh, without a doubt. <laughs> <laughs> He's got another one coming but, soon, right? Yeah, a few a couple weeks, three weeks. Right, it's, it's going to be number four. But but seriously, those those are two righteous dudes, and and congrats to both of them on very different but both great careers. Without a doubt. Okay, boys. Now's the, now's the time. Homestead, last race of the year. Four men enter, one man leaves. Who you got? I've got oh, well. um, Truex all the way. I've had him from the beginning of the playoffs. Picked him as my champion. Picked these four as a championship four. So made this far. Going to keep him. I just think he's been so good this year, and they've got to have something in the works ready to go. That's the best card they brought all season long. Because they've pretty much known they would be in this position through most of the playoffs. They just all those playoff points. They are nearly almost guaranteed a spot in each round by the first race of each round. So I just think they're super prepared, super ready, and he's just been so good that this will be his time to shine. It's time to win the championship and get that first one. All right. Am I next? Yes. Yeah, all right. I'm going to go with Harvick. Uh, I think I said it uh, last week. I just think he's got. Uh, I, I just think he, he's got that that kill in him. Um, you know, he he uh, had a pretty decent run this past weekend, but he he, he kicked some butt pretty good uh, at Texas. And when it comes down to it, he knows how to win races. And I think if uh, if Rodney gives him the car and the and the the pit stops are good and everything kind of lines up for him, I, I think it's um I I think it's going to be his to lose, honestly. We'll see how qualify. I mean, think qualify is going to play into it a little bit, um, but we'll, we'll we'll see how that goes. But I yeah, uh, I got my money on Harvick. It's not a lot of money. I don't have a four dollars. But if I did, I would I would it's four bucks. Yeah, I, I would I would put it all on on Harvick. Did you make a small fortune in racing? Yeah, I started with a big one. Yep, there you go. Absolutely. Okay, here's how I see it, and this will this will be a little little bit longer, but. Um, uh, chat a bit what what are we doing i mean we, we got plenty of time i think truex has the fastest car i think you know he leads the series in victories top fives top tens playoff points laps led he's led the point standing since kentucky in freaking early july he's been great so he's got the fastest car kyle bush won at homestead to win a championship in 2015 but to me he's been all over the board and the weird part about Kyle, you know, he won three races in, in the playoffs. So you got to take him seriously and you got to think he's an absolute legitimate contender to win. But the times he hasn't won, he hasn't seemed real engaged. He's almost in the post-race interviews been kind of like, yeah, whatever. We weren't very mm-hmm. good today, which surprises me because he's usually, you know, he's usually on the chip a lot more than that. Brad Keselowski. You know, he and Paul Wolf are the strategy meisters. They talk in code. They do all sorts of crazy things that other guys do. But let's be honest. The two, the Team Penske, the Blue Deuce or the Blanco Deuce now, I guess, just hasn't had the speed that the other cars have, especially at mile-and-a-half tracks. Keselowski was terrible at Phoenix, which was not a mile-and-a-half track. It was a mile track, but he really looked out to lunch. 
And he got lucky that, that you know, Denny and Chase had, had their little contact at the end of the race and Chase got run down by Kenseth because yeah. he could have very easily been eliminated. Mike, as much as it pains me to do this and it goes against every fiber of my being. Yes. yes. I'm going to agree with you that Harvick is the guy to beat. Thank you so much. I love being validated by you, especially. There's a couple reasons. Harvick's average finish at Homestead is 6.94. Yeah. In 2014, he had to win at Phoenix to make the final, and he had to win at Homestead to, to win the championship, and he did both. And he's cocky. He's got the swagger, and I think he can get in other people's heads a little bit. I think he and Rodney love the pressure. You, you know, there, there's some guys you, you can see in baseball and basketball and football. There's guys who put up in, in basketball who put up 20, 25 points a game. But when the game's on the line, they don't want to take the shot. Harvick is a guy who wants to take the shot. Always. He yeah. the pressure. He welcomes it. And, and Rodney is, is the perfect crew chief for him. And, you know, that crew, Harvick can yell at them and chew their, their ass, and they come right back. So I, I like Harvick. I'm going I'm to pick my order, Harvick, um, Truex, Bush, and Keselowski. All right. I mean, uh, I'm, again, I'm flattered that you agree with me. Of course, if you would have gone before me, then you'd be flattered that I agree with you. Actually, it would probably mean nothing to you. But uh, nevertheless, yeah, I, mean, I, I think I think he's got the best shot. Hey, look, you know, everybody's saying Truex, 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 and I, and I think – Martin's had a great season. I think Cole Pern's a really, really smart guy. I think they've got great pit stops and they have a ton of speed. Um, but you know what? Uh, you know, three months ago, two months ago, a month ago, uh, everybody is saying what's it? You know, Kyle Larson and, and Truex, Kyle Larson and Truex, and Kyle Larson blew up and he's done. So really, anything we can predict all we want, but really anything can happen uh, in, in these races, and it's proven over and over again. But uh, I don't know. I mean, he, he will have a lot of speed, but, but um, I'm, I'm staying with my guy, Harvick. And, and let, let me throw this out, too. There's only one outcome I'm hoping for in this race, and it's not who wins. I mean, there's all sorts of storybook endings, potentially. You know, if Dale Jr. won in his final race, that would be cool. If any of these four guys won, I think you can make a deserving case. Hell, they all won in the playoffs. You can make it a case all four of them are deserving. The one thing I do not want to see happen is some is Derek Cope hit the wall or Cole Whit hit right. the wall with six laps to go and we have a caution and the field gets jumbled. I hope it goes green the last hundred laps and the fastest car wins. I agree. That's not a quote unquote game seven moment, but that's what I really want to see because I, I want there to be no no doubt, no controversy. Oh, without a doubt. What do you think the chances are of a non-championship uh, contender winning the race? Oh, I think they're good. I think, you know, if Larson can quit blowing up and breaking, he could win. I think Chase Elliott could win. Uh, crazy as it sounds, uh, Denny Hamlin's won, won, what, twice at Homestead? He's, he's got a really good average finish. Uh, yeah. I, I think Matt could win again. I don't think it's, I don't think it's a foregone conclusion that one of these four guys is going to win. Now, the one thing that's different in this race, and I've had Tony Stewart tell me this and Carl Edwards, 
is in this race, the other 36 guys are a little more deferential to the four guys racing yes. championship. Yeah. And, and Mike, you know that from being up on the spotter stand, all, all that, you, you know, Ryan Newman might bet, might not battle you quite so hard for 19th place. I don't know about that. Phoenix. <laughs> uh, okay. But, but, but you know what I mean? Yeah. So, for, oh, for sure. So, well, well, you know what? Nobody, nobody wants to be that guy. Nobody yeah. wants to be the, the guy that's, you know, that to their credit. Right. Oh, for sure. Because someday it could be them, you know, on the on the other side. So I mean, it, it is a respect thing for sure. You know, your your season's done, and it's, these four guys are racing for the championship. So you don't uh, you don't race them really hard. And again, you don't want to be that guy for sure. Yep. Yep. Okay, boys. Quick quick hit. Who do you have as truck series and Xfinity champs? Trucks. I'm going to say Christopher Bell. Just been so good all year. I think he's got it. Then I'll go William Byron for Xfinity. I just think just too strong. He's super good. The one at Phoenix got the momentum. And I'm my money's on him being the next big superstar in NASCAR, just blowing everyone's doors off with wins and stuff. Like he's done in both series so far. So I think this will be a big weekend for Byron to get um, propel himself to that level. Those are good picks. They're not mine, but they're, they're good picks. I'm going to go with Johnny Sauter uh, for the Truck Series Championship. I think those guys are, uh, are pretty poised and pretty pumped up for sure. And on the uh, the Xfinity side, I'm going with Justin Algar because um, I'd like to see him win. It's kind of a personal thing. I think he, he's a good guy. He's a real good competitor. Uh, he goes well at Homestead. Um, he, he's been, been pretty consistent when it when it's counted. So uh, that's that's going to be my pick. I mean, Byron's going to be there, obviously. But uh, I, I, I mean, I'd love to see like Hamrick win. The thing would be pretty yeah. awesome. But uh, but I'm going to go with uh, go with Justin. Okay, now, Kalanoff, don't get a big head over this. No, I will. Don't worry. But, but I agree with you on Sauter. And you know why? Because old age and treachery overcomes youth and skill every time. This is true. You know, how many 21-year-olds we, we got in, in the Cup Series Final Four? Uh, right. None. But for the Xfinity, I, and this is a sentimental pick, and I freely admit it, and you know, I don't play favorites and I don't root for people, but damn, I'd like to see Elliot Sadler win. And, and I'll tell you why. Elliot's been a good guy and a hard racer for years. And I think, you know, Byron's got a great career ahead of him in, in the, the Cup Series and and the other guys might, might get there too. But, you know, this would mean so much to Elliot Sadler. It would be a cap on his career. And I would very much like to see him do it. So I'm going to engage in a little, little wishful thinking and, yeah. and pick him. He can do it. I mean, it's it's not certainly not out of the question. Uh, what I like about Elliot, and I, and I've always liked this about Elliot, he really is a good ambassador for for the sport. The guys really very rarely do you see him in a post race if if he loses, really you know pissed off. He's he's pretty. He's got he's got a great attitude. Sponsors love him. I think he's really good for the sport, and I think he's, you know, it's his time. I think it's he's deserving of a championship. He's a classy guy. He really is. You're a classy guy, Tom. Uh-huh. I got to tell you, I have a lot of class, all of them. That's all right. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, guys, I guess that wraps it up for this week's Popular Speed Podcast. You boys have any final words? Uh, I got two of them. 
goodbye. No, uh, we uh, we appreciate you joining us. We hope you uh, come back again next week because we'll have a, a good wrap up for the uh, from the championship uh, Sunday excitement weekend excitement, and uh, that will do it for uh, Tom Jensen and Jason Schultz. I am Mike Kalinoff.